I know a God who gives comfort that surpasses all understanding. If we go to him right now, I believe he can, he can help your heart. That's why you come in here. So, so that when, when you've got a family member that's really sick and they're, they're dying and, and, and you don't have to call me every time. You don't have to call me every time that somebody's in the hospital. Do you realize that, that when my daughter was dying, I had people all around me, doctors, nurses, chaplains, everybody, they go, do we need to call somebody? Do, do we need to call somebody? Do we need to call your pastor? Do we need to have him come down here? And I looked at him. I really did. And I looked at him. I said, why? Why, 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 do, why do I need anybody here? There's only one I need to talk to. There's only one that can give me comfort and peace right now. And I promise you, he's not going to walk through that door. He's already inside the room. We have gotten this mentality of self-centered, self-indulgent, give me what I want, give me what I need, fill me up, satisfy me, and, and, and we never come in here and we go, God, what do you desire? What, what, is, what is my worship supposed to look like to you today, Father? I know that you became a man, you became flesh and blood to come to this earth to die for me how dare I come in here and make worship about me? So when you, when you think about 2019 and you hear the word do something, you hear the words do something, I want you to have another word on your mind, and that is to worship. What do I do? I mean, I get that question from my employees, you know. All right, you want us to do something. That's great. What do you want me to do? I can give you one word, one word in 2019. We're going to start with this one word, worship. Really, worship. I'm not just talking about coming here so you can get filled up. I'm talking about pour everything that you have inside of you out to a God who deserves way more than you can pour out. Try to grasp in your mind that, that, that you're a human being and that God's word says that you can bring glory to an almighty God. And you try to wrap your mind around that. And, and man, if that is not worthy of worship, I don't know what is. I think we've become, we've become all about us. So I thought I would look at a passage today. I thought I'd look at Luke chapter 7. It's going to be up on the screen. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard, where he, heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. But she stood at a distance and did not go in, for they worshipped with bright lights and sang along to tracks. If it looks like I'm bothered, I am. The reason I'm bothered is because my God came to this earth for the purposes of rescuing me. 
he hung on a cross and he shed his blood for me. He died for me. He, 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 he cried and, and blood poured from his pores because he was so consumed with me. And we have people that will sit in here and sleep on a Wednesday night service. I don't understand. I don't understand. I, d- I don't get it. And you say, Kenny, you're not supposed to get up that, that upset. I will get up that, that upset when it comes to my Savior. That is my Savior you're talking about. He's mine. Please don't disrespect him with some self-centered worship. (laughs) This woman, she gets it. And she knelt behind him at his feet. Weeping. Her tears fell on his feet. She wiped them off with her hair. And she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. Why don't we worship like that? Why don't we worship like that? When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She is a sinner. And Jesus answered his thoughts. He didn't have to hear his, his words come out of his mouth. He heard his thoughts. Jesus, the almighty God of the universe who can see into the very center of our hearts and he knows what's there. He says, I have something to say to you. I hope that you've heard today so far that God has something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. And Jesus told him the story. A man loaned two people Money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one who canceled the larger debt. Who he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, I want to be like this. I want to be the one that Jesus says it's about. I know that I'm not all the time, and I know that I'm messed up in a thousand different ways, okay? When I wake at night, I want to be like this. I want to be this person that Jesus is talking about. Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer water to wash the dust from my feet. She washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss. From the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. 
You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown much love. But a person who has forgiven little shows only little love. And Jesus said, the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man? That he goes around forgiving sins. And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. There's not a lot I need to say about this passage. I think the passage speaks for itself. I think Jesus speaks for himself. These letters are in red and you can hear the Savior speaking for himself. I think that the, I feel sorry for the Pharisees because they, uh, they thought that they, were, they had it all right. They thought that they had it figured out what a relationship with God looked like. They thought that it was to uh, keep yourself from sinning, to wear the right clothes, to look a certain way, and make sure that your sins didn't get spread around town. And Jesus said, and that's not the case. Jesus said, you know what Jesus said? She has shown much love because she had a lot of sin. And I don't know about you, but I got a lot of sin. And I should show a lot of love. And that's what my worship should look like. I hope that you see your sin for what it is. I hope that you see your sin for how awful and wretched and nasty it is so that you will see your Savior for how wonderful and loving He is. And the overflow of that love will cause you to worship Him. And I'm not just talking about worship in some manufactured way where the song has to be just right. I'm talking about worship him because he is worthy of our worship. Worship him because he is forgiving and loving and full of grace that we do not deserve. I don't understand where we get the position of being able to walk out of this place and go, and the worship was not good today. How did we get to that place in our lives? How did we get to that place in the church? That the worship became about us. I felt God impressing upon my heart to read from John chapter 15 this morning as I was getting ready to come out here. And I just felt like this was what was on my heart. And I didn't ask him to put it on the screen. It won't be on the screen, but you can just listen. You know the passage and you need to hear it. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit, 
and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so it will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I'm not going to say a whole lot more today. I don't feel like I'm supposed to. This, this is about you hearing the word of God and you examining yourself. This is about you pausing for a minute and to think about the worship of your life. And I'm not just talking about the worship in here. I'm talking about the worship of your life. When you think about the God of the universe that rescued you and saved you, and you think about the God of the universe that came to the earth for the purposes of rescuing you from yourself, from your own sin that you committed, as you rebelled against God and you consciously acted in direct rebellion against God, the things that you knew you shouldn't do, you did it anyway. And God said, I forgive you. I want to rescue you. I want to love you more than you love yourself. My question to you is this. Have you worshipped him in your life? The first question is, how have you worshipped him in your life by surrendering fully to him as Lord and Savior? Saying, God, I recognize who you are and I recognize who I am. I recognize that my sins are many and that you are the answer. That you indeed are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man goes to the Father but by you. I recognize fully that what you did for me I did not deserve. I have nothing good to offer. I can only come and fall at the foot of the cross and ask through the grace that you have to offer that you'll rescue me. If you've never fully surrendered to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to your heart right now. The Holy Spirit of God is moving right now amongst this place, and you know it. Some of you are trying to resist it now and trying to say it's just an emotional response. But the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to you and you don't need to resist it. You need to listen fully to God right now. It's a matter of life and death. It's a matter of being cut off and thrown into the fire. You have to listen to me. It's so very vital. It is so very important. For those of you that know that you're a Christian, that know that you're a Christ follower, that you know that your worship is not worthy of the one true God, the God of this universe that died for you and sacrificed his life for you, that you don't take time enough during the week from your busy schedule to read his word or to pause and think about the sacrifice that he made for you. You have an opportunity to repent, and you have a chance to come and to say, God, I'm sorry. I want to fall at your feet. I want to kiss your feet. I want to anoint your feet with oil. I want my tears to fall on your feet. And I want you to experience, God, what I have 
the worship I have for you because you are so precious to me. When is the last time that you worshiped Jesus like that? When is the last time that you stopped and took a moment and said, God, you are truly worthy of my praise. You are truly worthy of the worship, God, that, that, that I so desperately want to pour out on you. Have you done that? Have you got alone? Have you got quiet with yourself and thought about what God has done for you? Have you got alone with yourself and thought about how wretched and nasty and awful you are and to think that God would die for you? When's the last time? Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the first time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven, so she has shown me much love. Have you shown Jesus much love? Is your worship, can it be classified as much love? Is that how you would define the songs that you were singing, how you were worshiping in the last 20 minutes? Is that how you would define it? Did you come in here with a recognition of your sin and and what it was? And did you fall at the feet of Jesus like this woman? If you didn't, you've got a chance to do that now. It's not a long sermon, it's not a complicated sermon but I needed it just as much as you did. And we needed to worship. We needed to worship. In 2019, we need to worship. We don't need to be distracted. We need to worship. Father, thank you so much, God, for awakening our souls. Thank you so much for bringing to light, God, what has been hidden in darkness. So many of the things in our life, God, we, we don't even recognize that they're there. We don't even recognize how they're tearing us apart. We don't even recognize how destructive they are. And, and Lord, even in our worship, God, we sometimes we get distracted by so many things. We get distracted by so many things of the world. We get so distracted by, by ourselves, God, that we don't ever pause long enough to think about you, to think about Jesus, to think about our sin and how... It is destroying us and how it has destroyed us and how forgiving and loving you are. Well, God, I pray that in 2019 it would be different. I pray that we would be different. In our worship, God, that we would not make it so complicated that we would just simply say, God, I want to worship you because you are worthy of my praise. I know what you did for me. I know how you died for me. I know what I deserved, and I know how you gave me the glory of heaven. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't even compute in my brain. But God, you gave me what I did not deserve. I deserved hell. I deserved torment. I deserved to be separated from you forever. God, but you gave me grace. You adopted me as your own. And you said, even with all the messed up things about you, with with all the, 
the, the wretchedness and, and dirtiness and filthiness and, and nastiness, God, you welcomed me into your family. And because of that, Father, we just want to pour out our praise on you. We want to worship you for who you are. Lord, I know we have a tendency to, to make church about us. We have a tendency to make worship about us. Father, I pray that you forgive us. I pray that you show mercy on us for doing that, for forgetting the fact that it's to an audience of one. It's to you. Our worship is to you, Father. Lord, it's not about our own desires. It's not about our own wants. It's not about our own, our own needs, God. It, it is about the overflow of our hearts, the grace that you poured out on us. It's about the overflow of that, God, being poured out on you. So, God, I pray right now that we would worship you. God, that we would pour out our rare perfume on your feet right now. That our tears would fall on your feet. God, that we would not stop kissing your feet right now. As we worship you, how you deserve to be worshipped. In Jesus' name.